morning, Goldendale, and hello to all of my fellow liberty-loving Americans all across the fruited plains from sea to shining sea. This is the host who loves you the most, Luke Throop here, on another uh, magical, maniacal Monday for a mindful sort of Monday. Torch Report 534, God's Army, Religious Divisions, and Playing into the Enemy's Hands. Friends, I don't know what part of a house divided against itself cannot stand. Uh, I don't know what part of that's so hard to grasp, but for some reason it just seems to be something most people overlook. They don't realize that we are being divided, and that's a big issue. Uh, There are a few things to me more disturbing than seeing the liberty movement being divided by emotionally charged wedge issues. Uh, Again, united we stand, divided we fall. If we allow ourselves to be turned against each other, there's no hope. So if, if we allow the leftist progressive commie cabal to be successful in their campaign to separate us and isolate us and instigate liberty-loving Americans to turn on one another, there is really little to no hope that American America can be saved. So we can't let that happen, friends. To, uh, to achieve this division, that's what I want to get into today, I, those who would like to divide and conquer us all are really working overtime on multiple fronts. And I want to just kind of take these in stride, in order here. The first front is that they're ginning up war all around the world, right? So the recent drone strikes over in Jordan, the escalation in the Middle East, threats from North Korea, the ongoing saga in Ukraine, all of these aptly demonstrate the, the you know, those behind the curtain are ginning up war. And that divides people, as we'll get into in, here in just a minute. Now, the second issue, the front here, if you will, of division, is that they're using Donald Trump as a bludgeon to really hammer away at conservative solidarity, marginalizing the majority of grassroots patriot patriots in the uh, in the minds of the party bosses and center-left citizens. So by marginalizing Trump and anybody who wants to make America great again, they're dividing, again, they're dividing the liberty movement. So the third thing we'll discuss here is that they're using religion to turn would-be allies against anyone who doesn't adhere to a predominantly dogmatic, prophecy-driven perspective on all of the geopolitical chaos. So each of these issues is hugely divisive independently. All as a whole, it's, it's really a kind of a hard, uh, hard lot to process. So Kurt Schlitcher, uh, he's out with a, an article today over at Town Hall, and it's called Conservatives Give War a Chance. Come on, conservatives, give war a chance, you know, and I like Kurt. Uh, I line with his analysis more often than not, but this one really left me scratching my head because Kurt Schlitcher, he's pointing out the fact that a great many American conservatives have lost their appetite for funding endless wars. And then he goes on to chide them for not supporting endless wars. We have to support Ukraine. We have to support Israel. It's as if we have a moral obligation to do so, and anyone who doesn't fall in line with that perspective is a pacifist. Well, guess what? That's the wedge, okay? Why would we? Why would we be funding these endless wars when our country itself is weak and on the verge of bankruptcy? We keep printing money. We keep depleting our national defense uh, and shipping an insane amount of weapons to the Middle East. Why would we keep doing that when we're, we're so vulnerable right here at home? There's no rational case. Uh, I should say, is there no rational case 
against that sort of insanity. Meaning people who are against this, is that not rational to stand against endless wars in Ukraine, Israel, throughout the Middle East when we're on the verge of bankruptcy, depleting our national defense, etc.? You see what I'm saying here? You know, does not, uh, does this not exponentially increase the likelihood of attacks against American citizens if we keep uh, shipping more weapons to the Middle East and on and on and on. Maybe, maybe this attack against American citizens comes from one or more of the millions upon millions of military-aged men from hostile nations that have been allowed to stroll across, across the southern border and set up shop in the heartland. Maybe that's where it come from, comes from. But shouldn't we be focusing on securing our own border Defending our own national sovereignty, shouldn't that be a higher priority than securing every other country on the planet? Friends, in my mind, that's a, you know, that's a rhetorical question. So there's, there's definitely a rational case to be made against the war hawks and the warmongering. You know, if there's any moral obligation for America, Americans to go to war, shouldn't it be against the forces that are working so boldly to destroy the United States right here at home? You see what I'm saying? We've got bigger fish to fry right here at home right now. And anyone who believes that America's best interests are protected by funding and fueling endless wars on multiple fronts and far off lands, they're simply drinking the Kool-Aid. I'm sorry. That's the way that it is. You know, yes, there is a time for war. Yes, Sometimes that war happens on a foreign soil. Yes, but no, 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 no. American conservatives are not wrong for wanting to rein in the war machine. American conservatives are not wrong for wanting to prioritize protecting our own nation before we get get on with protecting others. You know, they're not wrong for pointing out that these reckless escalations pose a dire threat, not just to American citizens, but to the future of our nation. As a nation right now, we are weak, we are vulnerable, and we are divided. We need to get our own house in order before we get sucked into any more wars. But alas, again, I'm not holding my breath. I highly doubt that's going to happen. I just want to point out it's a contentious issue. It's a wedge issue in the liberty movement. Now, on, on the, one of the other issues, on the issue of being Donald Trump, uh, on the issue of Donald Trump being used as a bludgeon, I think it's important that we step outside of our own little bubbles and attempt to see the world through the eyes of those who, who loathe Donald Trump. Okay, so if you, if you love Donald Trump and you voted for him, you're going to vote for him again, you're all in, all right, cool, you know, and your friends are too, cool, fine. Well, let's set that aside and try to look at Trump through the eyes of other people who do, you know, who, who are in the liberty movement who don't like Trump, okay? We need to, we need to, most especially, I think, we need to see Donald Trump through the eyes of the conservatives who loathe him. And I'm not just talking about the rhinos and the deep state and the neocon war hawks who hate Donald Trump. I'm talking about all the Republicans who have been saturated in the relentless propaganda campaign against him. So many people have heard so many derogatory things about Donald Trump for so long. They just consider him to be toxic to many people in the liberty movement, people who value life, liberty and the pursuit of happiness. Many people in that camp believe that Donald Trump is tainted goods. There are many conservatives who, you know, though they may like the guy, they may vote for the guy, they still believe there are so many forces stacked up against Trump that Trump getting reelected is likely to lead to another four years of chaos, right? Do you think 
that everyone who hates Donald Trump on the left and the right is going to just let him walk back into the White House and actually drain the swamp. I mean, it sounds nice. Like, yeah, great. That's what we need. We got to do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, fine. But that strikes me as more of a fairy tale than anything else. You know, do I want that to happen? Of course I want that to happen. That would be the ideal fairy tale ending. But I, do I think there is any chance of that actually happening? No, friends, personally, I do not, just to be very blunt. I do think that Donald Trump is likely to get reelected. I will be voting for him for a third time. It is my sincere conviction that, A, he is the overwhelming choice of the majority of Americans who are desperately trying to save our nation, and, B, he's probably the very best man for the job, especially at this stage in the game, given his momentum in the primaries. At this point... Uh, that, that just appears to be the way it's going to be. You know, it's not about me and my opinion. The people have spoken. Trump's the man, you know? Okay, cool. I mean, even Snoop Doggy Dog. Snoop Doggy Dog. Wow, wow, wow. <laughs> bow, wow, wow. Yippee, yo, yippee, me. I know I'm not, I, big, I don't listen to rap guys, but anyway, that guy, uh, Snoop Dogg, he's been around for a while. And he says... Nothing. He has nothing but love and respect for Donald Trump. Even Snoop Dogg says he has nothing but love and respect for Donald Trump. So, you know, he's I mean, Trump's winning people over. That's great. But I got to point out, you know, considering that the article about Snoop Dogg, that's being put out at the hill dot com. That's the flagship flagship establishment rag. You know, given that articles out there, it strikes me as odd that people inside the Beltway are being pelted with this story about Snoop Dogg having nothing but love and respect for Trump, you know? To me, that's a pretty peculiar pattern. And it kind of lends credence to my prior wild speculation that maybe Trump is the one who's being used as a Trojan horse by the deep state, okay? Unwittingly so, perhaps. Now, friends, if that seems unthinkable to you, that Trump might be used as a Trojan horse by the deep state, think about it, okay? Could the deep state be using the election of Donald Trump to provoke a hung election and a civil war? Hmm. Well, yeah, you bet your ass they could. Uh, Nothing's really off the table at this point in time. So let's just be brutally honest here. You know, (laughs) there's no really there's really no way to know for sure. We can't know what uh, what's going to happen. So we're just going to have to sit back with bated breath and see what the election brings. Now, in the meantime, our country is going to continue in its steep decline. This is not a hard prediction, right? Uh, the great manipulators, the wizards behind the curtain, the secret cabal, who, uh, who all but owns American politics, all of those guys, along with all of their useful stooges in the political establishment, are going to continue to sow division in every way they can. And that brings us to religion and the Republican Party platform. Now... Friends, I acknowledge that uh, for many in the listening audience, you may not want to hear this, <laughs> and that's okay. Uh, it desperately needs to be said. I'm not, I'm not here to uh, play patty cake. I'm not here to tell people what I think they want to hear. I'm here to tell you what I believe to be true from my heart to your heart. I think we need to be talking about this, and I believe it desperately needs to be said that we are not, we are not a religious nation. I repeat We are not a religious nation. Luke, you're wrong. You know, slap, hang up, shut it off. People going home. That's it. I'm done. You know, we are too. We're a Christian nation. Okay, fine. I'm contending that we are not a religious nation. 
And to quell any howls of protest, I'd point directly to the fact that religious observation, specifically church attendance, has been and continues to be falling off an effing cliff, okay? So I think it's wise for us to face this sobering fact head on. I put uh, several reports, I'm sorry, several articles in the report today. The U.S. decline of Christianity continues at a rapid pace. Why so many Americans have stopped going to church. U.S. church membership down sharply in the past two decades. The great de-churching, looking at why people are leaving churches, losing their religion. Why U.S. churches are on the decline. So despite What anybody wants to think, we're not a religious nation. Despite what anybody may want to believe about America being a Christian nation, the truth is, friends, the hard truth is that we are absolutely not a Christian nation. Just look around. Set with it for a bit, okay? It's not... Uh, It's not something that's fun to look at, but you have to look at it and consider we're not a religious nation. Just look around, okay? Are all of these people walking away from the church, losing their religion, are are they not still Americans just like you and I? Now, I know it's a bitter pill to swallow, friends, uh, but this reality, I believe it cannot be denied. We would be very foolish to close our eyes to this. Fewer people are going to church and identifying as Christian now than ever before. And practically speaking, that means that millions of Americans, millions upon millions of liberty-loving Americans who salute the flag, who cherish the Constitution, who want to preserve the blessings of liberty for future generations, millions upon millions of Americans in that camp are absolutely not religious in nature. And that is huge, okay? Moreover, (laughs) I know I'm stepping in it here, friends, but moreover, you know, the vast majority of agnostic, you know, atheistic, you know, religiously unaffiliated voters should rightly be considered the staunchest allies of so-called Christian conservatives, okay? Those people who are agnostic, atheist, or religiously unaffiliated, they are fundamentally averse to mixing religion with politics. And I think the most uh, poignant point of contention there really is the Republican Party platforms, you know, they're kind of, they're very stubborn anti-abortion stance. There are a lot of people who salute the flag, who cherish the Constitution, who want to preserve the blessings of liberty, who don't agree with the stubborn anti-abortion stance. You know, in their minds, how can... How can one defend individual liberty and self-sovereignty while simultaneously denying a woman the right to choose what she does with her own body? You know, the, the two stances are really incongruent. You can't say you're standing up for freedom and individual liberty and then telling people what they can and can't do with their body. It's incompatible. And that is the hallmark of cognitive dissonance. And, it, you know, it, honestly, friends, it might prove to be the death blow of the Republican Party. I do believe that's why the Democrats are keeping it front and center. Okay, Again, wedge issue, front and center, dividing the liberty movement. If you personally are morally opposed to abortion, that's great. Do something about it. You know, join up with an anti-abortion group. Pick it out. Pick it out in front of the clinic. You know, offer counseling. Pray for the mothers. Do whatever you have to do to make yourself feel 
at peace about it. Just don't try to shove your opinion down everyone else's throat, okay? Realize that trying to politically impose your will upon millions of people who morally disagree, who morally disagree, trying to do that is a recipe for disaster, a disaster, especially when millions of those people who morally disagree with the anti-abortion stance, they'd, they'd rather be an ally than an enemy, in the fight for freedom, in the fight for the fate of our nation. Do you see what I'm saying? You know, it's really an interesting phenomenon if you think it through. You know, one sticky, emotionally charged issue can put millions of Americans bitterly at odds. Rather than standing together and fighting together for the future of our nation, they're fighting over whether or not abortion should be a legally protected right or what, or, or, or legally obstructed or whatever the case may be. One sticky, emotionally charged issue puts millions of Americans bitterly at odds. You know, and in the midst of all of that debate, to me, personally, I think the self-righteousness is palpable. The smug sense of moral supremacy is repugnant. The arrogance is astounding. While most conservatives would be quick to chalk up, you know, uh, the smug sense of moral supremacy, self-righteousness, arrogance, and all that as traits characteristic of the progressive left, I think very few people can see the reflection in the mirror when they're taking this hardcore stance on anti-abortion. And that's why the issue is such an effective wedge. And that's why headlines like these I find so disturbing. A few headlines out. God's army protest convoy going to the southern border for rallies. A convoy of truckers who call themselves God's army are headed to the southern border to help in the standoff. Is the 7,000 strong army of God convoy coming through El Paso? I don't know. Are you effing kidding me though? Friends, can these people not see The problem with identifying themselves as God's army. Do they not realize that every jihadist on the planet also believes themselves to be fighting in God's army? Has history taught us nothing? Friends, if you find yourself cheering for or filling the poll to to join God's army, please do yourself a favor. Pray about it. You know, fervently ask God for a great big crystal clear, undeniable sign that even your most skeptical friends could recognize. And then while you're waiting for that great big crystal clear sign, the booming voice of God telling you to join God's army while you're waiting for that. Contemplate the fact that every person who has ever been radicalized to strap a bomb on their body, to kamikaze their plane, or slaughter innocent people in the name of God, they have felt the exact same way. Please don't get me wrong, friends. I'm all for Christians standing up to fight for our great nation. I fully recognize that for many people, their faith in God is a source of hope and strength and and the courage that's required to make a stand. I am not disparaging or dismissing the very real and important value of faith. I'm simply warning against making a predictable mistake. We need more people of faith to step up, just not like this. Friends, if we allow the liberty movement to be divided along religious lines, if we accept that this battle for the hearts and minds of Americans is some sort of holy war, then we've already lost. There's not a snowball's chance in the hell that our country is going to stand united on a religious platform that more than half 
the country rejects. You know, wishing otherwise is foolish, friends. It plays right into the enemy's lies. We need to realize that united we stand and divided we fall. Friends, that is the message of my heart for today. If you're enjoying this podcast, please take the time to go to the website, thetorchreport.com. Find the heart, click the heart, and give me some love. Subscribe if you have not subscribed already. And of course, the greatest honor of all is if you share this podcast with everyone you know. Get out there and embrace this magical, maniacal Monday. And I'll look forward to talking to you again soon.